Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Star Trek Voyager podcast? Sure. Wait, wait, what? That's right. It, we are once again between seasons, and thus it's time for things here to get a little weird. Yes. Not not quite April Fool's weird, but no, but a little weird. No, it, just a well, it, it's um our between seasons we do the regular something else. Although normally we do a cartoon that's contemporary, <laughs> this is more off the beaten path. Uh, on our episode of Warp Core podcast, Warp Core Pod. Sure. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh the. Uh, Transformers Prime, the first episode of that show, features both The Rock and Jeffrey Combs. And so we thought we'd take a look at the first time these two teamed up. Although they kind of don't team up in this episode. I mean, technically they kind of do, but they're not actually in the same scene. But The Rock is no. working for Jeffrey Combs' character, so. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so... Uh, the episode in question is Sunkatse. Sundere? Does this mean anything in any Sun- kind of language? I've tried to look up. It's not re- like Sun is like from Sun Sun from Sundere in Japan, which it, it's Sun Sun is in sort of an onomatopoeia for like sticking your nose up at somebody. Ah. It's like turning away from them in disgust. And the other half of Sundara is lovey-dovey, the Dara-Dara part. Uh-huh. It's, it's a thing, but soon on its own, it, I guess it's just the sound. Cats? Well, katsu is what you... It's a cutlet. It's like chicken cutlet, <laughs> pork cutlet. It's a katsu. <laughs> Unless it's supposed to be cats, which is like Finnish for cat. Maybe it's related to like the Cats and Jammer Kids comic from the 30s or something? Well, it's possible that somebody in this is turning their nose up at a cutlet, and as we all know, Vulcans <laughs> are vegetarian. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yes, maybe that was a, a deleted scene that somehow they decided to keep the... Yeah, I, I, I am going to guess that they just wanted something that sounded spacey and... Yeah. So they took part of a Japanese thing and then some other... It doesn't it mean It sounds anything. like it should be Japanese, but as far as I could find, it isn't actually... Like, I don't... Cat said... Well, the T-S-E is... Maybe that's Chinese? I didn't bother looking in Chinese. Might be a thing? I don't know. So basically, the writers are making things up. Yeah. It, it's not a reference to anything specific. Like, it, it's not a reference to a Dirty Pair episode, which has been done in Star Trek before. Alas. <laughs> That was, uh, was that the episode where, uh, I don't know, uh, Picard had to fight those two cat girls? Uh, I wish. No, I don't think I, actually I don't remember where it was referenced. I think it was maybe only reference like on screen or they mentioned like a planet that was from, mm. uh, some dirty pair thing. I think it was only a reference to like 3WA or, uh, Kagan Yuri. Hmm. Alright. Which is appropriate since, Dirty Pair would reference Star Trek, and, and I'm already getting off topic, and we're not into the episode yet. <laughs> no, so uh, maybe to start out with, um, also, I think we also forgot to identify ourselves. Sorry. Oh, uh, I guess. Oh, yeah, we haven't done yeah. it. I derailed this. So anyway, I'm Rob, and please state the nature of the podcast emergency. 
I'm Jen, and this sure is the final season of a syndicated show on UPN. Uh, second to last. Uh, I'm David, and I think I've seen every episode of every Star Trek series, except Enterprise. I gave up um, when the space Nazis showed up, I think. That would be the th- end of the third season. The season that was basically Space 9-11. Oh, yeah, I, I kind of fell <sighs> off there. And I haven't seen any of Discovery yet, but it sounds not great. I enjoy it. I'm in Canada, so we get it up here. Yeah, that's yeah, you not get it for fair. free. Well, I mean, stupid, with basic cable. Stupid everyone well, wanting to have everything oh. behind their own streaming service. Stupid. Yeah. It 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 looks visually neat, but too futuristic for the time period it's set in. Uh. Should be set further in the timeline, but it's not. But the stories, half of them sound like garbage from what I've heard. Yeah, but yeah, but Doug Jones. <gasps> yeah, Doug, Doug Jones. He's a regular. He's in every episode. Ah, uh, covered in, in alien makeup, but a little bit less I alien mean, yes. makeup than he usually gets. I mean, you He's can tell slightly more than usual that it is Doug Jones. And I mean, also he gets lines which help. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, which uh, is I did recently perfect. watch the uh, What We Do in the Shadows FX series. Oh, that show and, is good. Oh, I need, and to that see has that. a little I, bit. I of I only Doug saw Jones. one episode. I only saw the last episode. Are they have they been rerunning? Possibly. I need to get it or or get it. Well, hope it, presumably it'll come out on DVD. I hope. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. Need more. No, the, the show is very good, but and uh, it also has Doug Jones in it, also yes. under a ton of makeup. Ooh. Yes, because that's just what he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I've only ever seen him out of makeup once in a movie. In uh, John dies at the end. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I I don't think I have ever seen him outside uh, outside of makeup in a movie. Yeah, I've yeah. only seen like just pictures of him doing Hollywood stuff, uh-huh. not like actually playing any characters out of <laughs> elaborate prosthetics. Being on the red carpet and tall and charming. Anyway, this episode. <laughs> Speaking of elaborate prosthetics, this yeah. episode. Yes. So first off, what is everybody's level of Star Trek knowledge? David, you just saw you've seen pretty much everything except for the end of Enterprise and Discovery. And most recent shit. I, I think I've seen all the movies. They Half of them weren't that great. I Oh, yeah. Actually, I have seen all the new movies, too. Oh. Okay. Only the last one was really good. Yeah, I really like um, that one. In, in, I think... Junior high, I got a Star Trek board game that Ooh. I never actually played because I didn't know anybody else that was really into Star Trek. <laughs> Other than that, just watch the stuff. Okay, and you guys, uh, Jen. Uh, I mean, when I was a kid in the eighties, my father was super into the original series, uh, so you know, I grew up not being able to stay awake through. Uh, Star Trek the motion picture. Uh, <laughs> uh, I watched The Next Generation pretty close to religiously in high school, uh, but I kind of dropped off after that. I didn't watch a whole lot of Deep Space Nine. Uh, I actually got like a bunch of friends together to have a little event for Voyager launching, and I watched like the first season. I had like a bunch of action figures. I have like the entire first series of the the Voyager action figures, Ooh. but uh, but yeah. So I I sort of dropped off after that, and I've sort of 
kind of kept track of it. I I watched the first J.J. Abrams movie in the theater and the others, like, streaming, so it's, I'm, I'm a moderate fan. Hmm. So, um, my mother was a, a big uh, original series fan, so I watched a lot of that as a kid, plus the attending movies. I was a little too young to get into Next Generation, and uh, Deep Space Nine was syndicated, so I could never quite figure out when it was on. And it was also mm. serialized, so yeah, it was hard was to like of... miss one, uh, miss an episode, and then you know maybe the, maybe we're on the you know stuff was changing all the time. So, but Voyager was on a network, kind of, by which I mean it was on UPN, <laughs> yes, the newly formed United Paramount Network. I think part of the problem with me and Voyager was that when it started coming on, I was living in a place that had a fairly substantial UPN presence. Uh, one of their major syndicated stations switched over to that, but then I moved to an area that didn't really, so it, it wasn't as accessible. But, uh, of course, UPN, of course, th- those shows were, as their own advertising said, open. <laughs> yeah, this was basic. Well, this was six seasons in, but this was like one of their big shows, sort of. Yes. Of other, other than wrestling. Yeah, I mean, this was one of their flagship shows. Oh, sure. I mean, I don't know. What else are you going to watch? The Pretender, The Sentinel, <laughs> Homeboys from Outer Space. <laughs> hey, I like that. <laughs> Mostly these good. things were things that I saw I advertisements like for during the, like, afternoon syndicated cartoon block that well, they still had. Wasn't, speaking of Star Trek, wasn't James Doohan on Homeboys from Outer Space? Um, oh, God, maybe. It was, re- it, I think it was only got, like, 13 episodes. They ran them once, and then they was gone. Then they burned also, the tapes. Rob, as as a uh, brief callback to to what you said earlier, I'm looking forward to you discovering a notebook of your mother's Kirk Spock slash fic and starting a podcast about that. <laughs> my mom wrote a porno. <laughs> yes, my mom wrote a slash fic. <laughs> uh, I, I cannot imagine reading anything dirty my parents ever read. Oh, that's that's horrifying. Homeboys from Outer Space. I'm still on that. It was, yes. it felt, it felt like somebody, like, wanted to do Red Dwarf, but couldn't get the rights and said, fuck it, let's make something anyway. <laughs> it wasn't as good as Red Dwarf, but it, it was a show that felt like, okay, give it another season and maybe it'll be really good. <laughs> kind of annoyed. It had potential. No. No. And, uh, in fact, one of the regulars <laughs> on, uh, uh, on Homeboys from Outer Space, Kevin Michael Richardson, uh, Bulkhead himself. Ooh. Oh. That's cool. Yeah. Actually doing face work and not just voice work. Well, as far as I know, this, I'm just looking at Castle, so he might have just been in like a giant alien suit or something. Yeah, Could have been. Or like a, some sort of special effect animatronic things voice. Anyway, so... Anyway, because it was on UPN and because it wasn't super serialized, I'm pretty sure I ended up watching every episode of Voyager. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even after watching the episode that everybody knows is the worst episode of Star Trek ever. 
I still kept watching. I didn't enjoy it as much after that. But I was like, eh, fuck it, it's on. I mean, I, I, I inertia. I kind of got attached to the characters, and you know, it's Star Trek. It's on. There are only so many sci-fi shows on because it's the late nineties, so you might as well. Yeah. 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 It's either that or you got to figure out when they're airing Babylon 5 at like 3 in the morning. Yeah. Oh, shit. It looks like Michael Doohan was a regular. <laughs> I didn't remember that. Ooh. But did he do a ridiculous accent? Or was that actually his accent? No, he was from Canada. That was not his fucking accent. He was Canadian. He was Canadian. I thought he was from Wisconsin, but whatever. Yeah, it definitely wasn't his real accent. I just really, really like the little story about uh, Anton Yelchin in uh, the first J.J. Abrams Star Trek when they had to tell him not to do an actual Russian accent, but to do a Chekhov accent. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, yes, Captain. Uh, so, anyway, the premise of this uh, of this show is that they are the uh, the the Voyager. A, a Federation starship got into a fight with a ship full of uh, Maquis, who are kind of like a bunch of rebels who had a beef with the Federation for reasons that I'm not going to get into here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I, I. They were named after like a French resistance group or yes. something, and like the parallels in the show was like it was trying to be like that, but it kind of missed the mark. I haven't really seen enough Deep Space Nine to judge. But anyway, so these two crews both got chucked across the galaxy by one of Star Trek's many uh, nebulous energy god beings. Yes, as as <laughs> tends to happen when they need a plot. Yes, and so they, and, you know, a bunch, a bunch of people died. Uh, so the two crews had to merge together to get this uh, the ship back home. And that's kind of the premise. Yeah. And it manages to get through that. These are two groups that were at war with each other really quickly. It's like, oh, we're hanging out. We're friends. Admittedly, it's six <laughs> seasons later, but like that should happen in the first season. Like it, it didn't need to be antagonistic to begin with. I mean, it's, it's Star Trek that's very much based on people getting along. I, I did, uh, uh, for Space Nine. at the start of this episode, there's a crowd with a whole bunch of aliens. And I had a second there where I was like, do I, are these, oh, that's right. I'm not supposed to recognize any of these aliens because they're in like the Delta Quadrant. Right. Yeah. The the Delta Quadrant, which is the far away part of the galaxy. So I think originally the premise was it was going to take them like 80 years or something to get back home. Yes. Yeah. Some uh, 50 or something, something where like some of the crew might still be alive when they get home. Right. But it would have taken a long freaking time. So yeah, yeah, that, that's a problem with the show. It's like the aliens, you don't know who the fuck they are. The familiarity of the old show was nice. It's like, oh, you, you know who half the aliens are. You throw in a new one, Darmok and Jalad and stuff. It, it's a nice mix. Whereas this, except for um, a half, a Vulcan and a half Klingon, everything is new and it's kind of weird stuff glued to people's foreheads. Although, um, uh, one of the species in this episode is like an established Voyager species. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. But we're only watching this episode, so we don't remember. Well, I will inform you. Okay. So, there, uh, <laughs> There is basically, I, I think that uh, going into Voyager, uh, people needed to invest in latex, like stocks, yeah. because they used a lot of latex for... <laughs> All these, it's just like 
facial prosthetics everywhere. I mean, it's a Star Trek show. You're buying weird foreheads in bulk. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, our our cast of characters. We got uh, Captain Catherine Janeway, played by Kate Mulgrew, the first uh, female Star Trek captain, who's mostly not in this episode. Sadly, I, w- I was pretty disappointed. I like her. Yeah, she's in it for like five minutes. Well, it's kind of good because... Um, Kate Mulgrew has been ruined for me because of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Oh. And uh, Mike's impression of her. <laughs> that is astonishing. His Kate Mulgrew impression. It, it's horrifying. <laughs> I mean, it, it's... He gets the tone right, but so much about the impression is wrong. It's horrifying. <clears throat> yeah, anyway. So we got, uh, we got Chakotay, played by Robert Beltran who is Native American and was always kind of very wooden. Yeah. Yeah, well, it kind of works. And he's got a weird tattoo. Yes. Yeah, weird face tattoo. He ends up being, like, the number one, and that's kind of the stiff job. Yeah, he's he's the Riker. Yeah. Yeah. A little less fun Riker. Wasn't he, like, actually a specific Native American tribe? I think so. And most other times, like Native Americans come up on things, it's like Cheyenne and Navajo all mushed together. Mm-hmm. But he was a rare occasion, like, oh yeah, he's from an actual real tribe. Yeah, Not I mean, an amalgamation. Uh, Star they were, Trek tries. They were descended from the rubber tree people, apparently, <laughs> according to this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, as opposed to most Star Trek characters who are descended from the rubber forehead people. Yes. So, <laughs> so many. It's just this elaborate variety of different rubber foreheads. <laughs> you got uh, you got Roxanne Dawson playing Belana Torres, who is half human, half Klingon, and all feisty. Yes. Also yeah. pretty great. You got Robert Duncan McNeil as Tom Paris, the white guy. Yeah. Oh, the whitest guy. Like, he's very boring. And it, like, it's, it feels like, like every line he says in the show, it feels like it's ADR. <laughs> It's weird. Uh, I don't know if it's his actual voice or they did ADR everything he said. Uh, he's also in the 80s Masters of the Universe movie. What? He's, oh, he's like Courtney oh, Cox's yeah. boyfriend. Wow. Yeah, who's sort of along for the ride and you forget he's even yes. there. Yes. Oh. He's uh, very boring. I mean, he's, he's supposed like, to be, yeah. he's supposed to be kind of, you know, the guy who doesn't play by your rules, man. Uh, but he just comes off as like somebody's little brother. He also looks too much like Conan O'Brien. Yeah. Yeah. You got Ethan Phillips as Neelix, the, who was not part of the original crew, but was like an alien they picked up, and who is the cook. Yes, he is a chef. He wears very exciting, elaborate, printed suit outfits. Yes. His suit always kind of looks like a clamshell with a camo print on it. It's kind of weird. He's... In some episodes, he's overly annoying here. He's he's fine. He gets a sunburn, and that's his subplot. He, yes. he, he learns that, homeop- that homeopathy doesn't actually work. <laughs> yes, well, yeah. You got Robert Picardo as the doctor. He's a hologram. He's the doctor. He's Yay. that guy from every Joe Dante movie. I I did notice that in this episode, they did not bother to establish that he is not people. They no. they assume that you are no, aware from previous episodes that he is not people. We'd have to, because he says he's going on, on like, vaca- it's a vacation episode. It's a shore leave episode. Yes. He's going to a bug museum. It's like, 
Oh, I for, I forgot he had a hard light projector at this point. Yeah, he didn't initially, but he got it in the two-parter when they b- went back to 1990s San Francisco, in which they teamed up with a pre-famous <laughs> Sarah Silverman uh, to fight Ed Bagley Jr. Wow. Yes, an evil Ed Bagley Jr. Yeah, I, oh, oh, wow, that's where he got That's where he... <laughs> If my backlog of TV shows was not so extensive, I would be very tempted. <laughs> I'll watch this. If you ever want to see a young Sarah Silverman call Tuvok a freakosaurus, <laughs> have I got a TV show for you. It's a two-parter. Anyway, speaking of, you got Tuvok, who is kind of like Joe Friday if he was a Vulcan. Yes. Yeah, he's... He's very exciting very because he is a black Vulcan. So it's like, yes. oh my god, so, uh, Vulcans. So I think that means he's also a member of the Super Friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like he's he's okay. It's nice to have a Vulcan again in this show. But my my main problem with him and with Neelix is in one episode, somewhere in one of the middle seasons, they got fused together into a way more awesome character <laughs> named Tuvix. <laughs> and then the, the, by the end of the episode, it was gone. It's like, no, I like that character. I don't want the other two back. That sounds fascinating. I mean, it's nice that the other two have a job, yes. but. Yeah, and the, and the whole thing was like, well, can I, can I, like, if I, like, split them back into their components, am I killing this guy? What's the deal? Yes! Yes, you are! It's like, the problem with those two characters, like, Neelix is a little too weird and annoying and space wacky, and Tuvix, tu, Tuvok is way too dry and Vulcan, like, he's the driest Vulcan ever. I mean, he- And merging them together was such an interesting concept. And it, oh, it was such a big tease. <laughs> uh, anyway, he is also uh, played by Tim Russ, uh, who is also the guy from Spaceballs who ain't found shit. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Yes. That is awesome. That's great. I love that. You've also got Carrie Kim, played by Garrett Wang, who is the guy who awful things always happen to. Uh-huh. Yeah, didn't he die like two or three times in he this He died series? multiple times. He was abducted by a bunch of aliens who wanted to sex him to death. In a <laughs> oh, no. separate episode, okay. he got an alien STD. Death by Snoo Snoo. Oh, oh no. I, I, I think, didn't he like die early in the, the year of hell season? I think so. And there's also an episode where they die. There's like one of those episodes where like the ship gets replicated. Into like an exact mm-hmm. duplicate, and the regular Harry Kim dies, so he's technically the duplicate. Oh, oh man! Oh, that's how he's more than meets the eye. Rewind situation. Yeah, yeah. I, I like when. Well, it's actually almost exactly like that episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's mm. we we love anyway, him, but and some of his ideas are repetitive. Uh, James um, Crabble, Roberts. Roberts. And uh, that brings us to our final character, So, and the focus of this episode. So, I think around the midpoint of the show, they were having some ratings issues, because, you know, it's just kind of another Star Trek show. It's very much yeah. like The Next Generation, except not as good, because the cast is not really <laughs> yeah. as exciting. And they figured, well, you know, people like people like the Borg, and, you know, we're using them as a villain on Voyager, and people like sexy ladies. So what if there was a sexy lady who was also a Borg, and enter Seven and Nine... Played by the history-altering Jerry Ryan, which is—it's it, not a bad idea for a character. The problem is they never let her have Starfleet uniform, and they put her in bodysuits that are tailored exactly to her form, and it stands it's like out a lot. 
out. It's like there's adhesive in there. To yeah, just it, make it stick direct. It's like when yeah. you see art tutorials saying that shirts don't work this way. <laughs> it's like they the way that do. they don't work. It, it, <laughs> she would literally, it would need to be like specifically tailored like a brassiere. Or yeah. have some sort of, and or have some sort of adhesive to, to stick properly. I, I definitely, I feel like, and I, I think sort of, uh, I think Black Rachnia falls into this a lot too. You would have writers in the late 90s trying very hard to have like these very good complex female characters but then on the visual side of things everyone was just like hey boobs <laughs> yeah cuz i mean she's a perfectly good character she's not like she's like the opposite of being a hypersexualized character it's just the the costume department did not get this note <laughs> that she's not supposed to be that it's it's kind of bad, but it's not as bad as it got in Enterprise, where after they had a, after they would come back to the ship, they had to rub each other with oil uh. to de-louse <laughs> oh, or whatever the fuck all oh, that. And of course, that show also had Sexy Vulcan. Yes. Yeah, which, eh, I guess she was kind of sexy, but it, it was weird. And the worst captain. I don't know how you turn Scott Bakula into the most evil captain, but they just. <laughs> well, I mean, you haven't seen Discovery yet, but let's just say the first season, that guy who plays Lucius Malfoy is the captain. <laughs> yeah, okay. That, That's not a good sign. I, I did see the very first episode where, um, oh crap. Uh, Michelle Yeoh. Yes, Michelle Yeoh was the first captain. She disappears. Or uh, I don't want to spoil the series for you, but she does not disappear. <gasps> I have oh, spoiled man. the series for myself. I've watched reviews of the series as a whole, which is why I know it sounds kind of like crap. But yeah, she does come back, which sounds better. Uh, yeah, but not not only does she get killed, she also gets eaten by Vulcans. Or sorry, by Klingons. Hey. I was oh, going right, to say, <laughs> Vulcans. Well, listen, she was dead. We were here. It was logical to eat her. Uh, no. Anyway, so, uh, so, anyway, I, 709, despite the obvious male gaziness aspects of her, I think was, I think largely due to Jerry Ryan, a pretty decent character. Yeah. You know, I, I think part of why I, watched Next Generation so religiously and didn't really follow through into Deep Space Nine was because part of what I really loved being teenage me was all the robot stuff. Ah. So the stuff with Data and Lore and the Borg and all that hmm. stuff just really appealed to me. So I I like her. <laughs> I probably should have watched the show more at the time because I think I would have appreciated it because I like robots. So anyway, speaking of rating stunts, uh, UPN kind of had two big flagship shows at the time. One was Voyager and the other pro wrestling, specifically uh, the WW. <laughs> was it still the WWF at the time or was it the WWE? I, I no, think I, so. Um, I think. Oh, God. I think. 
forget exactly when it changed. I think it was WWE at this point. Maybe. So I think, I think it changed at like 98. I should Google that. I should look that up. But I yeah. feel like it, I mean, I never kept up with wrestling at all, but I, I felt like it changed in the yeah. aughts or something, but. Oh yeah. It, um, well, um, I was actually watching wrestling at this point in college. Mm-hmm. Cause, well, I, I'd watched wrestling in like the eighties, the Hogan shit, which was kind of interesting. Hogan was the least interesting crap. And oh God, he co- he's the reason they don't have unions. Fuck that asshole. Many, among many other reasons. Yeah. But I started watching again in, uh, college because people I knew watched wrestling. Like there were, my roommates knew these girls who were, one of them would watch wrestling, so we'd made friends. No dating ever really. Well, maybe one of my roommates dated one of them. But anyway, not much happened, but we would hang out there on, um, Thursday nights and, and, was it Thursday nights? Whatever. Whenever the fuck wrestling, wrestling. was on. In the late nineties, early two thousands, we'd watch wrestling. So, hey, I knew The Rock before this, and, and he actually gets lines in this, which I kind of forgot. And this was his first acting gig, yes. and this was very heavily promoted. Uh, yes, and I remember thinking, "Oh, geez, this—they're—they're uh, you know, they're really trying to make this guy happen. He's going to be in that—that that sequel to the Mummy. I don't think this guy is going to—you know—they <sighs> keep trying with this guy. I don't think he's going to be an actor." <laughs> Had you actually watched wrestling? He was—he was. I watched a little wrestling. Okay, in his early stuff, he didn't—he didn't have much personality, like in like. Uh, 98 or ni- early 99 but somewhere before this like he perfected what the rock was <laughs> with the eyebrow and the attitude and really good um prom- promos it was great oh uh it changed the wwe in 2002 so okay so g- shortly after this okay yeah so yes in the aunts uh, I I was amused when we got to the credits and you had like guest starring Jeffrey Combs and then some other guy. I was like, oh my god, Jeffrey Combs gets guest starring status over The Rock. But then it said special guest star The Rock. And, and I was like, oh. And it's not Dwayne Johnson. It is The Rock. The Rock. Yeah. Well, yes. heavy K Fab stuff. You, you know, you can't give his name. Like, I don't think I learned his name was Dwayne Johnson <laughs> until like probably two thousand and two. Yeah. So anyway, we we open with uh, what appears to be uh, you know, an outer spacey alt wrestling slash ultimate fighting slash boxing match, and the Go show does a reasonably good job of not making it exactly any of these things. Yes, yes. Uh, it's a little bit like hand to hand laser tag. Yeah, uh, yeah where you have it's... like these gloves and shoes that that light up in a very like late nineties fashion. And you have to like hit the person in this one little panel, uh, and that that was very hand to hand laser tag. Mm-hmm. But you can also like just beat the crap out of them. Other than that, too. Yeah, it gives like a shock or something. I guess there's a target on the front and the back, and the shoes are Nike. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like apparently they were pre-existing light up shoes that they used. 
<laughs> Not surprised. So, uh, so we see uh, one of these guys. I think it's just some random, not before seen alien. The other guy is a Herogen. Uh, they've been seen multiple times on Voyager. It's basically a species of Craven the Hunters. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh. that's, that's what he is in this episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, their whole deal is they go out, they hunt things. They, you know, they, this became a thing where they invoid, invaded Voyager and like used the holodeck to hunt them. Yeah, it's, and, it's, well, it's a very standard, like, alien things, like, oh, we are the best at hunting things, because that is what our race is. It's, it's like, uh, Star Wars. There's a lot of them, at least in the expanded fiction, that used to exist, like, hunter warriors that anytime an, a, regular people would come down to uh, visit these aliens, like, they would steal the ship. And just go out into space as like hunter gatherer murderers. I mean that's I mean that's very a Star Trek thing kinda too. You know, you got the, the Klingons who are, you know, honorable warrior guys, you got the Ferengi who are all like shifty capitalists. Uh, mm-hmm. Complicated, problematic. Uh, you, get, yes. you got uh, you know the, your Cardassians who are all vaguely sinister lizard men. Yeah, well, basically some of them these guys are what them. my these guys are what my cat thinks he is. <laughs> anyway, he is, I... He is a big and tough hunter. <laughs> Very strong. Anyway, I always enjoyed the Herogen because I think their makeup looks cool. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's it's very... um. Oh, shit, it reminds me... They look me. like dinosaurs. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's very... It's not just the forehead with them. It's, like, the entire face. Mm. And they don't have hair. They have, like, these big sort of domey... Things. He's got like so, claw hands. So yes, it's ex- extremely elaborate uh, alien makeup for for Star Trek here. So anyway, they uh, they fight this uh, this crowd is cheering them on, and that they are the fight is indeed uh, the or the it's called Sunkatse, which is the episode title. Yes. Anyway, so the, the Herogen guy wins, and we see that among the aliens who are cheering are indeed, uh, the aforementioned, the aforementioned Chakotay and Belana Torres. So are they like a couple? No, actually, she, uh, she is with Tom Paris. Yeah, which, cause what? Yeah. Why? There's, a, there's a scene later where Paris is talking to Seven and Nine while she's packing to go on a little science trip, and Paris keeps talking about, oh, Belana does this, Belana does that. It's like, Either you two are fucking dating, or you are the weirdest creep ever. Mostly the yeah. first one. Because yeah. he just won't shut up. <laughs> His other hobbies include starship racing and reenacting 30s Flash Gordon serials on the holodeck. It's <laughs> boring. He's super boring. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if if he existed in the world today, he would definitely have like some sort of ironic bicycle and uh, have a lot to say about craft beer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Anyway, so it's also seven of nine packs like I do because she's just like I might need literally all of these things. <laughs> it is possible yep. that at some point I may need to repair a hull, and in that case. <laughs> I need my tools. So yeah, they they are all. It is a, it is a sort of a shore leave episode. Everybody's kind of ha- you know we're taking a break from getting across the Delta Quadrant and uh, you know taking some yeah, time but, off. 
that feels really weird for a show that we have to get home. It's far away. It kind of makes sense. Like, well, it's going to take fucking forever. All right, let's go to the rest stop. But it just feels weird. I mean, you'll you'll go nuts if you don't, you know, take some time off every now and then. Yeah. yeah. And also, you know, it's it's 80 years. Is it going to really matter if it's 80 years and like five days? Not really. I'm going to be dead anyway. Let's just let's just do this. I'm going to go to the bug museum. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the doctor. I mean, he's not going to be dead. He's a. He's not people. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. He's an AI with a hologram. I'll still be alive. I'm going to check out the bug yes. museum. <laughs> yeah. He's going yeah, to a bug museum. Like, he's going to the bug museum. He's trying to convince Seven and Nine to come with him instead of going on our science mission with Tuvok. And it's really weird. Like, like he's being very wrong at her. It's like I forgot the doctor was also a shrink. Well, I mean, he's there. They had a human doctor, but he died, so they just had to like this guy is only supposed to be for emergencies, so they just kind of left him yeah. on. I, I really liked the. I really liked the idea of the the AI doctor like momming at the cyborg woman. I I thought that was yeah, that was, I that like was robots. Nice. Also, he might be kind of into her. This comes up a little later. Really? Yes. I, uh, that, that seems very weird. It's like he's, he's in this scene, this episode, he's in a very parental role trying to look after her. N- mm-hmm. Not to mention, like, what about his little, his short green wife named Greta? Wait, what? <laughs> Have you not seen Gremlins 2? Oh, right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same character. With less hair. I, I assume that he's just, like, we, we eventually see the guy who programmed him, and it's just him but older. So I assume that Oof. that that guy is like a descendant of all those characters he uh, this guy played in Joe Dante movies. Yeah. So he's that guy from Gremlins, he's the guy from Matinee. He was just programmed by someone who really liked Joe Dante movies. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, and, uh... Uh, Janeway is taking a vacation from this episode. Yes. <laughs> like, I guess she had something else to be doing, because she's, like, going off to do something else. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, who's the guest star in this episode? The what? <laughs> 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 yeah, I think Janeway's going to be on an away mission this episode. Yeah, that's reasonable. So she's taken off. Chakotay's in charge. Uh, you know, uh, Neelix, meanwhile, has gone down to the beaches and horribly sunburned himself. Yes. And he's making some kind of weird home remedy for it that ends up not working. Yes, because as this show will tell you, homeopathy doesn't work. <laughs> yes. But, you know, he's the chef, so he's making this weird-looking stuff in the kitchen, and they're like, is this dinner? And he's like, no, that's my home remedy. <laughs> anyway, well, whilst everybody else is planning out some, uh, you know, fun stuff, uh, Seven to Nine and Tuvok have decided that fun is bullshit and that we are going to go study a nebula or something. I love them. They're my favorite. <laughs> They just are having no part of any of this social anything. <laughs> oh, and they, they also mention here that um, Neelix has upgraded the his stove with Borg technology, which just led me to write down Borg stove, the stove that eats. 
Sadly, as far as I know, there is no episode in which uh, they have to fight the uh, the oven. Aww, why, why, why would why would you put Borg technology into an oven unless you, like what are you going to make out of it? Green paste or something? I mean, they actually have God. used a bunch of Borg technology on the ship, as we later see when we see like Seven uh, to Nine's living quarters, which I think is just like the furnace room or something that just has yeah, a bunch of like know. weird Borg stuff on the walls. I mean, I guess it makes sense for bits of the ship, but an oven? It's like, the Borg are not renowned cooks. <laughs> I mean, they might eat because they have to. Well, yes, green paste. I mean, they're definitely eating just like goop. Yeah. One of the hoses that goes into them gives them goop food. <laughs> they're like RoboCop. That's all they oh. eat. Pretty much. Just a bunch of jars of baby food. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so they, they've decided that, yes, fun is bullshit. We're going to go study a nebula. Um, the doctor tries to convince uh, Seven to come with him to see the Bug Museum. Then he also tries to get Neelix to go with him to the Bug Museum. I think the point of this is that nobody actually likes the doctor. <laughs> nobody so wants to hang out with him. Also, he's trying... This is part of him being parental at Seven, because he's like trying to encourage her to engage in social activities and not just team up with the other hyper introvert on the ship and go do science things while not talking to each other. Mm -hmm. Trying to nudge her towards actually being social. Anyway, she actually does not do this. So they they go on this trip and there's a pretty fun exchange here while she knows that well, it, it has been five hours since we last spoke. And Tuvok's like, yes, is that a problem? No, it's good. Okay, no, then. She, she says something about how, like, something about how she was told to to talk during awkward silences. And he's like, was the silence awkward? And she's like, no. It's like, <laughs> like, they're the best road trip buddies. No, I, I was shipping them in that scene. It's like, oh, they're little boring science nerds together. I like that. I think we, 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 thought, we know from fairly early on that he has, like, a wife back on Vulcan. Yeah. And so still, this is part of what I mean about them like not sexualizing her as a character at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So anyway, they get somebody they they get attacked by a, a weird ship. The, somebody teleports a bomb onto the ship. They end up on this ship being attended to by our favorite Jeffrey Combs and his weird ass alien mustache. <laughs> Yeah, he's got a like, weird Fu Manchu, but not really. Well, it connects to like the back of his head, and yeah. otherwise uh, he looks like Crichton from Red Dwarf, but with like mm -hmm. a glorious wig on. <laughs> sort of like a more rounded Crichton with a horrible wig, and, and oh, the HD where I guess is HD as Netflix gets. You could see, like, where the mustache is stuck on the side of his face and other bits. And... <laughs> yes. The prosthetic effects have not done well on current TVs. Yeah. I think the Herogen looks reasonably okay, but he's definitely yeah. just yeah. trying very hard not to get at that bit of spirit gum with his tongue. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's an actor yeah. and I'm not. Yes. And, uh, yeah, this is Jeffrey Combs playing Pink. One of, like, a dozen characters he's played on of various Star Trek. He's played, he's mostly on, uh, Deep Space Nine, where he played two different recurring characters. 
once on the uh, same episode. Nice. He's a recurring character on Enterprise. This is the only time you turned up on Voyager. And in ah. fact, he originally tried out for Riker on Next Generation. Really? Oh, that that would have been weird. We're getting viewer complaints. Riker is too disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> it ended up a very different take. I no, I think he would have he would have been too like either too creepy or too nerdy for th- that ship. You, you need Riker, who's the fun loving trumpet Sexy. player, also guy who can't sit down normal because back problems. I thought he couldn't sit down normal because he was being sexy. <laughs> well, that too. It, it ends up being sexy because the chairs are mostly low. But also, yes. Also, does that mean there's a universe where uh, Jeffrey Combs hosted Beyond Belief, pet fact or fiction? I hope so. Oh, the, just him asking weird. Oh my god! All the questions would be way more threatening. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> or him telling you that you're wrong. that i could see (laughs) you're wrong we didn't need that (laughs) anyway so we find out pretty quickly that pank is like a sleazy intergalactic fighting promoter he captures people takes them prisoner and makes them fight in these soon matches and And being forced to fight and yet not as bad as vince mcmahon I'm pretty sure they're getting better health care. Yeah. yeah. They actually have health care, presumably. Well, they, they have doctors attending to them, and I'm guessing they're not having to pay for it. Yeah. Although there's probably a lot of painkillers, too, but... Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're slaves, so... Anyway, so the, the whole, you know, we've been taken prisoner and that we're, we're being forced to fight to the death is like a big Star Trek thing, although this is unusual in that it's not like... Q or some kind of godlike energy being. It's just a guy who's doing it to make money. Yeah, yeah. It's it's capitalism as a pro- opposed to godlike arrogance, which is it. It's right, a nice change. Like, oh, you might you will fight to the death, and I will learn the true nature of evil. Versus, you will fight to the death, and I will sell pay per views at fifty quatloos yes. a piece. This this did remind me a bit of the uh, that animated episode with the street racing. Yes. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so he's all, oh, and, you know, I don't know, are they, like, scanning these ships before they capture these people? Could you just get, like, a ship full of, like, middle-aged fat guys? And you're like, ah, oh, crap. I, I would assume they probably scan them first, because, yeah. yeah, you could end up with some really useless people. Well, I ended up with a uh, ship full of uh, space nuns. Maybe if I have, like, four of them fight one guy. Maybe. Oh, please no jello matches. Please no. <laughs> got a, no, got a bunch. Evening gown matches, bad. Got a bunch of uh, senior citizens from uh, Andoria heading off to uh, the Slots planet. <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, so Tuvok was right next to this bomb and it went off. He's burned to shit. And they're all, okay, listen, seven of nine, you better fight or we're going to make Tuvok fight. And he is clearly, you know, in no shape to do so. So she has to fight. Yes. In the smallest, roundest Madison Square Garden wrestling ring ever. Yes. 
Although it, but she is good at it being, you know, a former Borg drone. Mm. And as a former Borg drone, she's got great heel heat from the crowd. Yes. <laughs> yes. As, as he brings up, uh, after her first fight, uh, everyone is really excited. Cause doesn't it turn out that the Borg are like from the Delta yes. Quadrant? So, which is how they end up picking her up and also picking up lots of bits of Borg technology mm-hmm. when there are no other identifiable aliens. Yeah, they meet the Borg Queen a bunch of times. So, so yeah, they the Borg are not popular. So, very very uh, profitable heel going here. And also, everybody kind of wears these unflattering gold jumpsuits. Like green gold. Green, it, it's a weird reflective thing that, yeah, it, yeah, it's like really skin tight coveralls, basically. Yes, but they're, they're not as sexy as they could be, which I appreciate. Yep. Yes. Especially considering, you know, what women wore in the WWF at the time. Yeah, well, yeah. The, 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 the Rock has a lot of skin showing. Well, that's true. Yeah. Yes. And also, either he didn't have the tattoos at the time, or they just covered him up because he doesn't have them here. Uh, I don't. Well, he didn't have a lot. I think he might have only had like the bull tattoo. Okay, because that's Maybe covered up. Because I guess up. they would have to explain that. Yeah. yeah, that's like a specific Earth culture. I mean, not that there aren't the occasional ridiculous disguised Earth animal as an alien on Star Trek. Yes. Like that, that one episode where they, they've got a puppy and they put a horn on it. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, so yeah, she has to fight the, a, uh, a champion who is a member of the Pendari race and it is The Rock. And he gets some lines here. So, yay. But is First he? First he does the thing. Is, yes, he does the eyebrow. Uh, they make sure that he has room under his rubber prosthetics to, to do his eyebrow. Uh, but also, like, he's really not in here for very long. It's a scene. Like, I feel like he was actually yeah, in Transformers Prime for longer. He gets to be in one scene. Yeah. He gets a little dialogue, which I appreciated. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty good. He doesn't, well, he doesn't have any of his catchphrases, which is, Sort of a shame. Nobody's talking about what's cooking. Can you smell it? Well, they all use replicators. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It, w- it would have been nice if he'd showed up somewhere later in the episode, but he's only here before the halfway point. So, eh. Do you smell what the Pendari champion is replicating? <laughs> Say jabroni. He should have been a jabronian. <laughs> He is going oh to. Oh my god, no. He is going to take you on the USS Jabroni to Starbase Smackdown. <laughs> oh, god, so, admittedly no. trying to. I'm not sure I could trust the writers to come up with something good enough unless he would improv something, but. Eh. Yeah, there's sadly not a lot of promo cutting in this. Yeah. Uh, no. I kind of wanted Jeffrey Combs to be more Vince McMahon, but I guess they were actually in a business relationship with Vince McMahon, so that's maybe not a good idea. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't have him over the top and shouty enough. Jeffrey Combs is cooler and creepier. Yeah, I mean, I this, I, I like Combs and I think he's good in this, but I almost think they maybe should have cast somebody who's like more obviously slight sleazy. Yeah, like uh, I don't know if he would have done TV at the time, but like Joe Pantoliano or something. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, 
oh, Joey pants with an alien, like a haircut that looks like his weird little hat. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about how he's from the planet Hoboken. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. And Seven and Nine says her line, of course. Well, the Borg line. Mm-hmm. Yes, her resistance is futile. Yeah, resistance is futile. Hey, so is all your talk. Also compares her unfavorably to a Tarkanian field mouse, because this is Star Trek. <laughs> yes. Field mouse. Oh, well, whatever. You know, they have fields, they have mice. That, that's, that's Star Trek. He's like, you know, oh, you know, you can't say, oh, that guy, that guy, he's a real chicken. It has to be, you know, that guy, he's a real Andorian chicken. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, it's the same problem like Star Wars has. Like, you can only get so close to Earth stuff before it just sounds weird, or you end up with, hey, ducks are a thing in Star Wars. <laughs> Anyway, so it turns out a bunch of her friends from the Enterprise are actually watching this match, and they try and yell, but they can't because it turns out uh, this is live on tape or live on so, hologram. Well, it's like, it, it's pay per view holograms, and they don't seem to know this going in. Yeah, that doesn't seem to have been made clear to the audience. Uh, also. I feel like, okay, A, why are they trying to distract her when she's in the middle of, like, fighting a super dangerous guy? Like, maybe she shouldn't be looking up at you. Uh, but also, it feels like having the fight with the crowd thinking they're there, but not actually having a crowd to respond to is probably a minus, but yeah, I guess that it's is made up for by how much money they make on it. That is definitely a minus for wrestling. Like, good wrestling feeds off the audience. Yeah. It, at least it should. Like I say, like, I know wrestling. You can only have a rest hold for so long. Mm-hmm. Like, like, if what you're doing in the match is going really bad, good wrestlers who are good at improv will change shit. Or wander into the audience and have a crowd brawl or something. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Especially considering how, how into the fight the audience is. Like, you gotta feed on that with just two guys in a room wrestling with each other. That, that does not make for good pay-per-view. I do not know how it's getting the ratings it is. But also it makes it very difficult for them to rescue her. Speaking of, wasn't this like the highest rated episode of Voyager period? People were oh real. God, I mean, this probably. is like 2000. Wrestling was huge. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and The Rock does a rock bottom. Yes, he, he, he. she doesn't quite have that killer instinct. And luckily this isn't a to the death match because he does straight up rock bottom her. <laughs> Which was nice. Okay. I mean, he do, doing the people's elbow would look really silly, especially in considering how small the area is. Like you need to bounce off the ropes a couple times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 rock bottom was good. He sort of does like a bouncing off the ropes thing, even though there are no ropes to ropes to bounce off of. Yeah, yeah they use the wall a decent bit in this match, anyway. Well, I guess they do in one of the matches later, sort of. But yes. yeah. So anyway, I, I, so they end up beaming out of there, and I'm sure the people around them are like, what was up with those people? <laughs> <laughs> like, why were they yelling at the screen? And then they just suddenly disappeared. Yeah. I mean, I get, I mean, I think tra- teleport, transporting is like a thing pretty much everywhere in Star Trek. So it wasn't that, but it's oh, like, okay. boy, I, I guess they left early to beat traffic, I guess. 
Yeah. yeah it's, to... it's like people people showing up at a bar and not re- No, that's a TV. They're not right there. Stop yelling at them. <laughs> guess they, I guess they wanted to beat the rush to get to the bug museum. <laughs> anyway, so we check in with Janeway, who's all, uh, you know, I'm sorry, I can't get here oh. till the end of the episode. You're going to have to handle this by yourself. Well, she's busy forming, uh, filming a reunion episode of Mrs. Columbo. Yes. <laughs> Nobody demanded a reunion of Mrs. Columbo. Not really. No. It was okay. Actually, I vaguely remember watching that, but it wasn't as good as Columbo. <sighs> because Columbo was awesome. <laughs> It, yeah, it was pretty awesome. I mean, it was no Kolchak the Night Stalker, but oh, it was still pretty great. Kolchak was weirder, but it's like it was entertaining. I don't know if it could have stood to be on a lot longer, but we did get uh, X Files as his spiritual descendant. I, wasn't there a Kolchak remake series? I think yes, with uh, Ving Rhames. It lasted like ten episodes tops. Yeah, no, that, <laughs> no, no. Anyway, us. Yeah, so we're so we're back in the Yutsunkatsu barracks. Uh, Seven is approached by uh, this uh, the Hirogen who we saw in the opening bit. Uh, he's played by J.G. Hertzler, who is also a big uh, Deep Space Nine guest star. Yeah, he was the other uh, guest starring after Jeffrey Combs, but before special guest star <laughs> The Rock. Yeah, he was uh, he was like he was Martok, who was like the head Klingon on Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. So he was on a lot of that show as well. So he's all, you know, listen, you 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 need the killer instinct, uh, yeah, and uh, and I'm gonna train you. When I finish with you, you're gonna eat lightning and crap thunder. Crap thunder. Yes. She's read the book. She's assimilated the rules, but he's gonna teach her how to do it for real. It seems like she's been there quite a while because it's like not that she got the book. She borrowed the book from Tuvok, who got the book. So it's like, how many weeks have you been here? The Tuvok has read an Tuvok, and you have read an entire book. I mean, you know, those two are both like speed readers. He's a Vulcan. She's yeah. like half robot. She's just like flip, flip, flip. <laughs> yes. Got it. Got it. Got it. Pictures. Pictures. Got it. Got it. No, she's she's got like kind of a robot eye. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so and he gives her, you know, his his tragic backstory where, you know, I, I was out on the hunt with my son and I got abducted and, and now I just I've been here for nineteen years, it sucks. Mm-hmm. You know, anyway, back at the uh back at the Voyager they've actually found out where this is coming from. It's coming from it it's not they were had trouble finding it because they were actually on a ship that's moving. And it's like a big, well-armed ship, so they're going to have trouble fighting it. But they're going to go anyway. It's like a heavily armored, big shielded... Also, I, I appreciate the big, like, round part in the middle that seems to be where... I mean, you assume that that's where the... It, it seems like it's shaped like that's where the actual arena is supposed to be, mm. except it also seems like it's way bigger than the actual arena would be, so yeah. who knows? And I also like that it's got like a bunch of satellite dishes on top of it, like it's a TV station. Yes. Well, oh, it they're, is. they're the jankiest, cheapest looking satellite dishes. Like, like they're all wireframe. Like just sticking all off it. SCTV oh. is on the air. Yes. 
So yeah, I mean, I guess I kind of did want this guy to, speaking of TV stations, I kind of wanted this guy to be more mojo than he is. Yes! I was thinking yeah. about the mojo verse. Like, like, he's not, Jeffrey Combs is entertaining, but he's not over top, over the top enough for this episode. Yes. And he could have been. I, I yeah. think he definitely has it in him, but. And he's also not yeah. in it enough. Yeah. Yeah. Again, he, you know, is, I, I guess employer is a little kind to say that he is The Rock's employer, but they aren't actually in a scene together, no. but they are connected. Yeah, it's like, you could cut out, like, some of the shit with Paris or something, just throw away all of his scenes, <laughs> and just add a few scenes where, like, Jeffrey Combs is overacting, and, and like, The Rock is his muscle. And he's, like, chopping yes. a big alien cigar. Oh my something. god, yes. Looking over the ratings. Yes. Anyway, so, uh, so, you know, she, she's, you know, Seven's training with this guy, you know, he's, she's gotta have the killer instinct, she's gotta hunt her prey, whatever. And, uh, you know, it's time for the next fight. Gonna be the best around, ain't another good, nothing ever gonna keep her down. Wax on, wax off. There really should have been more of a montage she- here. But no. She got injured, I assume, in her fight with the rock, and she's mm-hmm. got this like exposed wiring in one arm. Except it's clearly just like a little prosthetic thing yeah, that they put like, on because it's all sticking out. It's not great. I appreciate the sentiment, but it's not great. Yeah, it's it's an idea like it, it looks okay in like two shots, mm-hmm. but anytime you can see like her whole arm and you can see, oh, that's where it's pasted on. Because, like, the edge of it is really obvious, like Combs' mustache lines. It's, ooh, HDTV, no help to this show, no. I'm worried about going back and, like, watching TNG, because, like, that was years before. Like, it it can't have been a lot better. They sort of upconverted that to HD, so it doesn't look too bad. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, the CG is not going to look good. No, the CG is not going to look good. And, uh, definitely, there's definitely a lot of spirit gum on Michael Dorn. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. Yeah. On Jeffrey Combs here, you can kind of see, like, the makeup blending from the prosthetics to his actual face. It's it's not great. It's like, it's a little slightly oranger on the top part of his his cheek. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, so it's time for her next fight, and she is fighting, dun-dun-dun, the Herogen guy. Oh, that was, that, <gasps> that's that a was, twist. It was a twist. It, it, it actually got me. I did not see that coming, because I have not seen this since it originally aired. Yeah, so I was kind of thinking, remember. like, maybe rematch with The Rock or something. I was hoping, but I, I wasn't thinking. Nope, we're no. done with The Rock. Or, he had to. Or also, they kept back. talking about how um, Chakotay used to be a boxer, so I thought maybe it's going to be a thing where, like, they captured him, and she's going to yeah. have to fight him, or that it's Tuvok. But this... Could have been. And I, this, uh, this is... A, it's a pretty good twist. I like his rationale. It's like, yeah, I know I... I and she initially accused him, oh, you just wanted to know my weaknesses, and it's no. Like, I've been doing this for 19 years. I just want to die. <laughs> yes, I wanted a good fight, and I wanted... Yeah, I just, I'm just done. I'm done. I wanted a good fight so it could be over. He's gone full, he's gone not quite full Craven the Hunter because it's not like he's wearing her old outfit. (laughs) (laughs) Sexy. I cannot understand how you breathe in this. Yeah, uh, but 
A problem with this episode is, like, after The Rock is in it, The Rock isn't in it anymore, which leaves the audience wondering, <laughs> where is The Rock when he isn't on screen? It's, like, very poochy, unfortunately. Yes. But but what they wanted for poochy, not the actual poochy is annoying. My home planet needs me, jabronis. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh. Damn it, I'm probably going to end up seeing that Hobbs and Shaw movie. <laughs> <sighs> so many Samoans. Yes. Yeah. Looks pretty yeah, great. Yeah, that, that scene, which is probably the entire third act, looks like it's going to be fun. Yes. Stupid, but fun. Yeah. So anyway, they uh, they start fighting this... Uh, anyway, while they're fighting, Voyager gets in. They start blasting this ship. Um, you know, the fight's going on. The, the stunt work in this episode is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, because I... Presumably yeah. at some at some point Jerry Ryan has to have like a stunt double for fighting the rock, but I didn't notice any obvious moments where it was. No, I mean I've been I've been watching um the original Star Trek and speaking of HD, Shatner's body double is very obvious. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a jaw like Bruce Campbell. I mean <laughs> The Rock is I mean professional wrestling okay so i said something about this on twitter the other day about how my favorite thing about professional wrestling is that at some point someone just decided that this one particular legitimate olympic sport was going to be this ridiculous scripted thing like if the only basketball was the harlem globetrotters <laughs> oh wow oh i would watch a lot more basketball and and so i imagine the rock knows how to do you know fight scenes where no one gets hurt mm -hmm. so i'm i'm sure she would be fine fighting him i'm sure he knows what he's doing yes probably by this point yeah so anyway the uh the voyager's firing on this they find it they finally uh managed to destroy the the shields that's preventing them from transporting anybody out so they end up transporting them out just as Seven has got uh, has got the Herogen guy at her mercy, and she's about to deliver the killing blow. Yes, he he coaxes, he encourages her to go through with it, and she's like hesitating, and then they get transported up. Yeah, he he doesn't quite go full Chris Christopherson from Blade, but he's close. <laughs> well, I mean, it's UPN. You can't just have uh, have him be all now, now now kill me, you pussy. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. So, and anyway, they get out, uh, they've got, uh, they, they get transported back, and it's just a bunch of, like, it's, I think, like, Bellana and, like, Paris, and a bunch of extras with, like, giant phaser guns. Oh, yes. yeah, they went up to bigger guns in the show for, or, or, no, I guess that started, for DS9, maybe? I don't know, somewhere. Uh, they definitely have them in DS9. They've got, they use them in Insurrection, which the is movies. a year before this. Yeah. Yes. Lock, lock and load, Captain. Oh, God. Ridiculous bullshit. <laughs> they gotta be action. That was definitely a point where they started this whole transition from trying to be more straight sci-fi to being action. Which I, I don't have a problem with Star Trek doing a little bit action, but the problem of the Star Trek movies of that era is you had Data and Picard being the action heroes, <laughs> and that fucking don't work. No. Yeah. I'm fully functional in the arts of death, Captain. <laughs> 
<laughs> just gonna just gonna snap some necks with my robots. <laughs> oh man, no data. Then perhaps I will understand what it is to be human. No. Oh. Oh no! I'm just thinking about like the new Picard show. Is he gonna get into fist fights or something? What the fuck? He's like uh, 75 years old. I know. I I just that's a show I kind of really want, but I'm worried about what it's going to be. I mean that the 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 logo for that show that we've seen at the teaser room is just a bunch of vineyards. I don't think anybody's yeah. getting into a fist fight. <laughs> I would hope. The first episode he's just in some like bar, like wine bar in Provence. Some guy tar- starts talking shit about Klingons or something. He just breaks a wine bottle over the bar. <laughs> Well, I don't. Who knows? Someone gets stabbed through with a broken, like, vine frame. (laughs) Half the show could be like told in flashbacks with some stand-in for Picard. Like, um, what's Uh, Tom Hardy doing these days? uh, Still, still doing what he was doing as per Nemesis, which is looking nothing like uh, Patrick Stewart. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Shaving a guy bald doesn't just make him look like Patrick Stewart. There's a lot more to it. Didn't they, they just stick a prosthetic nose on him too, or something that didn't? Work? I think so. It it looks awful. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so she you know stands down. You know they they take her to the med bay. Tuvok gets out of there. And they just, unfortunately, this is kind of the last we see Jeffrey Combs. They don't destroy the ship or anything. I needed, like, a scene where he's in, like, his office and, like, all the other fighters come in and and kick his ass. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> something, or, or, he never comes back in any other episodes. It's like, no, just, no. He should have a grudge against them, or the wrestlers, well, Kumite, Tsumkatsu guys should get out and beat the crap out of him. Yes, something, right. Exactly. Something should happen. He just they just get away and he's free to do his nope. intergalactic pay per view bullshit. Even more. I don't I don't think they do they get away. I think they like wreck this ship, so it's like well, disabled it's because not in good shape. But, I mean, it's well, not like blown up. But yeah. no, but I, I mean, this is a profitable sector of the economy for a lot of these planets. Yeah, we do find this out. Although, I guess you'd think you could like hire people to do this. Well, you, you, then you wouldn't be able to kill them every once in a while. Yeah. Well, I guess this is the problem. I wonder if like, after this episode, it just becomes like professional wrestling, where they're just like stunt actors. Maybe. Well, that would be cool, although the entire thing is predicated upon their holograms transmitted. Why the fuck isn't it just hol- hologram fighters? What the fuck? They should have well, kidnapped the doctor. That would have been a way better episode. <laughs> there are like five episodes like that where he, we've, it's very much like the data episodes where it's like, uh, is a hologram a real person? <laughs> I love that stuff, man. I love that stuff. There's an episode where he teams up with Andy Dick, who's playing another hologram. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Listen, I, I, <laughs> Don't want to go back and watch the other episodes of Voyager for fear of running into that one. Listen, the guest stars Ooh. on this show are out of control. <laughs> yeah, yes. they're, they run, range the gamut from Andy Dick to The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. That sums it up. Any, and I, I, I gotta say, the, the whole, like, you know, The Rock is fine in this. I kind of wanted, like, yeah. more wrestling stuff. Give me Jim Ross in alien makeup. 
I got, oh, no, you couldn't, that would never happen. By the moons and nebulos, I swear he is broken in half. <laughs> I don't, um, there are actually a lot of wrestlers that probably be fun to see in Star Trek stuff in makeup, but no, that, I don't think any of the, the announcers would do that. Well, you're going to regret missing that uh, fourth season of Enterprise because the big show uh, turns up. I've seen clips of that. He's, um, uh, oh, the green slave. He, he's an Orion. Only he's a dude, yeah. Only he's, I think in that episode, he's like, he's supposed, supposedly they think he's selling slaves, but he's part a slave or something. Something confusing. Well, it's, well, it's, well, it's a deal where they think that, you know, oh, you know, these, these Orion slave women, but it's, the, it turns out they control people with their pheromones. So it is they who are the masters. And it's really just an opportunity to get some sexy green ladies on television because boy, <laughs> because enterprise. And to paint the big show green. Cause he's kind of funny. Please. Yes. I, I, boy, they probably had to use like paint rollers for that guy. He's, he's gigantic. <laughs> <laughs> The rock's kind of big too, but thankfully they didn't have to cover him in paint. Just no, they just had to give him again a rubber forehead. Yeah, they had to give him like some super like leather bear harness and a rubber forehead. <laughs> but not enough of a rubber forehead to cover up his eyebrows. No, it's very important. He's got to have his own eyebrows. So anyway, we're uh, yeah, we're, so so we're headed back. Uh, you know, we're on course. Uh, Seven and the Hrojan guy are in the sick bay. Um, you know, she asks for a little a little time alone for the doctor to you know get out of there and stop hovering around him like like he always does, like a dad. And he's uh, he's kind of a bitch about it. He's like, oh, I'll just call you if you need anything. Like I don't know, a gun because this guy's a Hrojan. <laughs> yeah. Who I will remind you once made us think it was World War Two and hunted us for a notable two parter. Oh, uh, speaking of space Nazis, <laughs> they used like the holodecks to make the whole ship seem like it was World War Two France. Yeah, weird. What? Why? Well, because then they could the be hunter. space Nazis and they could hunt down the resistance, who were yeah. the people on Voyager. It's very important hunting, like my cats. <laughs> anyway, so tough and strong hunters. You know, they, they kind of, they, you know, they kind of bond a little and he, and he's all, so, uh, were you actually going to kill me? And she's, she doesn't know. <laughs> anyway, we, and we get a little, uh, chat, uh, later on with, uh, her and Tuvok, where, you know, she's very apologetic about everything and she's, uh, you know, very distraught at how, you know, how she did almost kill that guy. And like, he says it's okay. And listen, if the Vulcan is giving you an out, you know, just take it. Yes. He's like, well, you, you, you know, it was the logical way to behave. You just take that and go. That's a win. Yep. Just accept it. And move on with your life. But anyway, and that is uh, pretty much, uh, you know, where it ends. Because much like Data, she's doing the whole, you know, I, I must learn what it is to be human. I mean, like, Tuvok talking to her about her humanity, and I'm just realizing that the problem is just that there's not a better word in the English language to be, like, humanity, but inclusive of alien species. Yeah, that that is a hard one. And it's not even Spock, who is half-human. Tuvok is, like, all Vulcan. Yes. But, but, you know, that's a linguistic problem and not something that can be solved by the show. No, and as, 
And again, hard to replace another character because it's not like you're going to have a philosophical discussion with Tom Paris. No. <laughs> no. He's just going to tell you that you would be prettier if you smiled more. Yes. Or uh, ever because you're 709. Yes. You do not understand smile. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that is Sunkatse. Uh, I enjoyed watching this. I mean, it's it's very silly. It's very much late 90s, early 2000s TV sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. which is okay. It's Watching a single episode was fun. Going back and watching an entire season of this... Uh, no, no, I don't... That's not something I want to do. Oh, wait, so you're, so you're saying this isn't becoming uh, Delta Flyer, the, star, the, uh, uh, the no. Star Trek Voyager podcast? Presumably there are enough <laughs> Star Trek podcasts no. out there, and if I was going to go back and specifically watch any episodes from any series... Well, okay, number one, I'd probably go back and watch TNG... Number two, what I'd really like, the animated series, which oh, yeah. is a mixed bag of nonsense, but there's some really good episodes in there. We should do that one of these days. Plus, you get giant Spock. You get giant Spock, you get the devil. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so stay tuned for next week when we review Collective, the episode where they encounter a bunch of Borg kids. No! Oh, I no. wish. Oh, oh no! I'd actually like stick no. around for like half a season. Ew. Oh man, that sounds horrible. That sounds great. I mean, they're like teenagers. Eh. Okay, if, now I like it less. If James Roberts wrote it, maybe, but no, not some guy writing the nineties or two thousand. <laughs> well, it's, it's still kind of the nineties at that point. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't. I think it was. It was still the nineties until like mid two thousand one. Yeah. yeah. But of course, we will be back uh, next week, either with the beginning of the third and final season of Transformers Prime, or depending on schedules, uh, on the. Uh... Uh, it it should be a Gridman episode, I think. If not, we'll probably have a filler episode. That's right, with another exciting special guest. Yes, yes. We, we will have a, definitely have a guest for the next Gridman episode when it comes out. Yes. Mm. And of course, until then, you can find us all over the internet. We are on uh, Twitter, we're on Facebook, and we have a uh, and we have a Patreon. Yep, uh, we are hosted by IaconUnderground.net, uh, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses. That is at Patreon.com/slash IaconUnderground. And this pretty soon, we're going to be seeing some Spider-Man. Yes, Spider-Man. Yes. That's right. As as we are recording today, it is Dominion Day or Canada Day. Canada, Canada Day. Canada Day. In Canada. Uh, Dominion is a fun word to say. Dominion. Yeah, but speaking Although of Star Trek, though. That is Star Trek. Yeah. Yes, that is. Yeah, they're the bad Space guys Nine. in Deep Space Nine. Spe yeah. And also speaking of Jeffrey Combs. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Maybe if, if, no, we probably won't do any episodes of that. I mean, but, but Dominion, Tank Police, it, it's fun. Oh, uh, um, rate us on iTunes while that's still a thing. Is that still oh, going to yeah. be a thing? I mean, it, it, will you still be a podcast app where you can rate us? Review us. Review yes. us. It's a good thing. I don't know, since I don't use iTunes, I don't know how we have it there. That's Rob's Neither department. Neither do I. <laughs> I, ju I just download MP3s of the podcasts I listen to. Mainly. Oh, wow. 
Pocket Cast. Uh, and what do you play on? What do you play them on your Zune? I I kind of want a Zune after Guardians of the Galaxy too. Uh, I can't know. find my Zune HD, and it's driving me crazy. I probably do need a new MP3 player because I think one of mine is starting to go screwy. Mm-hmm. Either that, or actually start using my phone as an MP3 player, but it's it doesn't it doesn't fit in my pocket to use. For <laughs> they don't fit in anyone's pockets. No. So until next time, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. Live long and prosper. I'm David. Make it so, number one. <laughs> and no, no no real Voyager catchphrases to use. I mean, I guess there is, please state the nature of the medical emergency, but that's kind of a yeah, bad catchphrase. Yeah, yeah, it's not a very good one. Yeah. Oh, anyway, shit, this episode, this episode was fucking long. Damn it. <laughs> Sorry.